You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Dialed In, National Club Golfers' weekly look at the best bets on the professional tours. Um, As always, if you are having a bet, please gamble responsibly. Let me introduce NCG's form expert, the man who picks the winners for us each week, is Barry Plummer. Welcome, Barry. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, Let's look back quickly, if we may, at uh, the US Open. Thrilling finish. Um, the bookies were right, weren't they? John Rahm was the overwhelming favourite and he duly delivered for punters. Yeah, and, you know, it was a brilliant final round from him. It looked, didn't it, just when he hit that ball over towards the boundary fence that his chances might have gone. And when you get a break like that and make it off of a birdie, it looks like it might be your week. And uh, it, it felt like that for John this week. And I, I'm, I'm very, very, very pleased that he's managed to get his first major championship win. So near so far for Louis and for you, um, because you'd put Oosthuizen up um, each way at 55 to 1. So you did cash, um, but it did look, you know, sort of midway through the bat nine that, that Louis was going to do it this time. Yeah, it was really, really unfortunate. And I think it was it's it's that old sort of thing again with Ustazen, isn't it, where he's he's in contention and he just makes those small errors really at the wrong times. Um seventeen was was his his full down really on the back nine yesterday. And I think, you know, he's one of those players when when you look at him, he's finished second in the last two major championships. He's a quality golfer and he's so dependable and he'll just plod his way around and, and be up there and thereabouts and a definite um each way contender for a lot of major championships in the near future. But yeah, unfortunate really, uh, but a little bit of each way profit is never a bad thing. Comes down to small margins, doesn't it? In the end, Ram got off to an electric start um, with birdies at the first couple of holes. And I think he had a really, really important par save at the third. You, you talk about him nearly going out of bounds around the turn and, and, and coming off with, um, with a birdie. Uh, but that, um, pot that he made on 18 I mean that's what major championships are all about aren't they yeah absolutely when you look at his last two putts really I suppose his last on 17 and 18 both from distances where based on what you'd seen over the first few days he's not expected to make those and and then going in for for him from there especially with a lot of pressure on him is a is a complete bonus and when things fall your way as they did for John Rahm yesterday um they you know other players are going to have to play at the top of their game to beat you. And he definitely deserves the win yesterday. Yeah, some karma, I think, given how well he handled the situation uh, after the third round at Memorial, where he was miles in front in that tournament and obviously had to withdraw after contracting COVID. Um, He's been in and around the major scene for a while. I mean, it's always been a case of when was he going to win one rather than if. I mean, what do you think for him now? He's got a cracking record at the Masters. We know he quite likes Lynx golf because he's had decent performances, particularly in Ireland. I mean, how many majors could be on the cards for the Spaniard? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't even like to hazard a guess, but plenty more, I'm sure. He's already a very short price favourite for the uh, the Open Championship next month, and rightly so. As you said, he likes his links golf. And for me, the, the most exciting thing um, is the fact that we've got a fantastic player for our Ryder Cup team 
in September and he's someone who's definitely going to lead the line for us and um, you know we, we couldn't really ask for much more than that from John Brown. No, no, the world number one and straight out of Seve, isn't he, when he comes to the Ryder Cup, remembering, obviously, that he took down Tiger in the singles in 2018. I mean, he really could be the talisman, couldn't he, in the same way that Ballesteros was? Absolutely, yeah, the poster boy for our team, the one who's going to uh, motivate all the others to, to up their game around him. Um, I think, although the Americans have got an incredibly strong team um it looks like for the Ryder Cup this time around he's the sort of player who they will be fearing I think playing against in whatever um format it may be and I think if he can uh, continue his form that he's had over the past few weeks he's going to give us a good chance to uh, contend in September yeah let's hope so let's see how he does obviously at Royal St George's in the Open Championship busy week of action um on the PGA and the European Tour on the PGA Tour, the Travellers Championship in Connecticut and on the European Tour, the BMW International Open at Munich. Let's start on the PGA Tour, mainly, Barry, because um, whether they all play or not, we'll wait and see. But but the field is pretty strong there the week after a major. Um, Bucky's are finding it difficult to split this lot, as you'd expect. Bryson DeChambeau is the narrow favourite in some quarters at prices at as low as 10 to 1. Dustin Johnson, dethroned as the world number one, is also in the field, along with Paul Casey, who um, threatened for a little while um, at the US Open. Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantley, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau. Um, how many of these do you expect to line up? I mean, DeChambeau had, um, let's put it mildly, a difficult back nine yesterday at Torrey Pines. I mean, he is he has this in his locker every now and then, doesn't he? Like, I think it was a 44 or something that he shot on. On the, on the back. Um, Dustin um, will be winding up towards the open at Royal St. George's, a place that we know he likes. Um, he pushed Darren Clark there quite closely until hitting it out of bounds, I think, on the 14th a decade ago. Casey seems to be in the frame wherever he goes. Kepka obviously coming straight back after the US Open. I mean, if, if, if everyone turns up, it's quite a good tournament, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's actually a strangely strong field the week after a major championship. And obviously with, with Dustin Johnson turning up as the uh, as the defending champ, I mean, I remember, rem, remember him last year winning this at 25 to 1 and us all thinking how crazy it was that he was at that price. But I mean, the guy who I was going to put up for uh, my Bazas banker this week already, uh, we were just talking about players withdrawing, has already, it looks like, withdrawn from, from the event in Daniel Berger. So um, a, a few of these may well... Uh, drop by the wayside, I suppose, um, depending on on their commitments over the next few weeks and the run up to the Open Championship. But there's certainly lots of value to be had uh, and some big price players as well to look at further down the market. TPC River Highlands, uh, an interesting course, mainly that it's below 7,000 yards, which you very, very rarely see um, in professional golf these days. So what is its defences? What's going to stop one of these players going round there in the stupid score? Well, it's the third shortest course on the PGA Tour. Um, it's, a, it's a proper traditional style test, I suppose. Um, you may be not getting as much of a, an advantage as a bomber off the tee, although DJ did um, you know, take advantage of that last year. Uh, it's a tree-lined, you know, narrow, tight course. You're going to have to negotiate water hazards. You're going to need some accuracy off the tee to keep it in play um, and avoid the, the natural hazards, I suppose, as well around the course. Um, approach play is going to be a really big indicator for success here and you know it's going to be one of those which 
um, players are going to have to play sensibly and strategically in order to to win. A couple of picks here, because I imagine you'll be looking at um, another banker in due course, but a couple of picks. Um, let's start with Brian Harmon, um, who did all right, actually, at the US Open, didn't he? It was quite nice to see him. He was never in the frame, really, at any point, but but four solid days. Yeah, and he's a player I've put up recently. He's somebody who has been playing fantastic golf for a, a long period of time now without really setting it alight. And uh, I think he's due another win. Um, he's got some really good TPC River Highlands form. He's been in the top 10 three times in his last six visits there. Um, really strong recent form as well. Um, lots of top 20 finishes, um, a few top 10 finishes. And actually, considering he's a two-time PGA Tour winner, when you look at the fact that he ranks third for strokes gained around the green and ninth for strokes gained putting in the last three months, he's quite a big price and an interesting each-way contender on a course where strategy, accuracy, approach is really important. He certainly ticks a few boxes there. If you're listening to this on Monday night, um, might be worth having a look at Brian quite quickly because I'm looking at odds makers uh, and there is uh, a lot of variation between his price. I mean, Bet365 got him up at the moment at 50s, but he's a short, well, he's down to 33s now as we speak. So he was 50s. He's down to 33s. So some people there, Barry, already latching on to what you've just told us. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it, with, with the, the betting market for an event like this, as players pull out, especially as well, it's going to be um, quite unpredictable. So it's definitely worth getting your bets on earlier in the week. And obviously, if your your golfer then doesn't play for whatever reason, most bookmakers will then refund your stake uh, as, as, as a void bet. And um, so it's definitely worth trying to take advantage of the price early. So Brian Harmon for you. Who's next? So my long shot this week was Kevin Streelman, um, another player who's been playing really well recently. Um, he was unlucky not to have won this event last year, chasing down Dustin Johnson. Um, he's had a really decent, solid run of form. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, go well again this week. A handful of top 20 finishes, uh, won the event in 2014, uh, played well last week at the US Open. Um, this is the type of course that suits Kevin Streelman. And uh, if he can, you know, carry on the good stuff he's been playing the last few weeks, he will again um, show us why he justifies selection at quite a big price. Yeah, just having a look at the top of the market to see a defending champion like DJ in uh, double figure prices, 12 to 1 as big in, in some cases. I, I think I'd definitely be having a look at that. I mean, I, I fancy him for, for Royal St. George's. I think he plays well there. Um, and I did see some sparks of life out of him at Torrey Pines. Obviously, it didn't work for him in the final round. But um, given that he's had an up and down season, it was interesting to see him contending to a point at least at Torrey Pines and if I can have a defending champion at 12 to 1 a couple of weeks before another major I, I might be a little bit interested in that unfair to put you on the spot Barry because obviously your top tip looks like he's pulled out but is there anyone there towards the head of affairs that, that you might be looking to uh, get involved with? Yeah, I mean, he very narrowly missed out, actually. But I think it's going to look like Scotty Scheffler for me. Um, he's a player who's in great form. If you've only got to look at his last sort of six or seven events, plenty of top tens in there. Uh, seventh last week at the US Open. Although he missed the cut here when he played for the first time last season, he's a much more experienced and I think probably better player now. Um, he's a very, very good driver of the golf ball. He will be able to find fairways, um, an incredibly strong putter. He's got all of the characteristics to make um, you know, 
a champion here at this event and and it would be great to see him win his first PGA Tour event pretty soon. Yeah, prices of 22 to 1 there on Scotty Scheffler. For those who are interested, will we turn our attention from the PGA Tour to the European Tour and the BMW International Open at Golf Club Muschen Eichenried. I hope I've said that right, at Munich. Um, again, strong field. Uh, Victor Hovland is leading the way here at 13 to 2, but he's being narrowly chased by the man who went so close at Torrey Pines, Louis Eusthausen. Um, Sergio Garcia is in the field as well. So is Bernd Wiesberger, uh, Martin Keimer, Rafa Cabrera Beo, who's been in some reasonable form recently. I mean, what's going on? Usually we expect to see nobody playing, particularly after a major, and yet we've got some headliners in both events. Yeah, I, I, it's brilliant to see some of the uh, the players from the PGA Tour coming over and giving the European Tour a go as well, which is uh, really nice to see. I'm assuming because of the sponsorship of the event, maybe there's some links with some of the bigger players in this event and the uh, obligations for them to come over and play. But, you know, this is a uh, an event which we know a lot about, BMW International Open. There's a good, strong field. There's plenty of value and a course which shouldn't cause the players too many problems. So let's get into the course itself. Um, we've gone from one tree-lined, water-laden course to another here. Yeah, this is a, a relatively simple, um, I say relatively simple, probably not for you or I, but for, for the PGA and European Tour players, this shouldn't cause them too many problems. As I mentioned, it's relatively flat, tree-lined, um, a little bit of danger in the water hazards, as you mentioned, but the, the rough is playable. Um, it, the emphasis on accuracy is perhaps not as high as uh, on other courses. And when you think about some of these players having played Torrey Pines last week and the torment, I suppose, on the greens um, with the contours and the way they've had to, to read those, they're going to love turning up and seeing these uh, very flat greens, very pristine greens. Um, a, a strong putter is going to really go well here this week and uh, I'm expecting a low score could win this. And you've swerved the big hitters at the BMW International Open. Um, so let's get straight into your tips. Who's first up? Who's the banker? So it's Sam Horsfield this week. I actually put Sam Horsfield up uh, a couple of events ago and he withdrew late on and a lot of the research for me went out the window there. But he's a he's a top player. I don't think we've really seen the best of yet um, on the European Tour this season. Um, you, you mentioned about avoiding the top of the market. I think when you get some of the bigger players come over and play on the European Tour, you get a lot of value in the you know, the European Tour mainstays who are who are good week in, week out in these type of events. So it's a good week to try and take advantage of that. So at 33 to 1 for a player like Sam Horsfield, who won a couple of times last season, as we know, on the UK swing, um, he's just incredibly consistent. Fourth on tour for strokes gain total in the whole season so far. Um, really strong approach playing putting. Um, he actually ranked second for putting on, tour, on European Tour this season. Um, and considering he played in this event last year and finished 21st, he would have learned a lot for that. Um, and I think for somebody who doesn't really have too many weaknesses in their game, 33 to 1 is a very generous price. Yeah, a player who's been highly regarded for a long time, not least by Ian Poulter. Um, so let's see if Sam can add to his European Tour Hall in Munich this week. Next up for you, Barry, uh, 55 to 1 shot, Callum Hill. Yeah, Callum Hill is uh, another player who's flying the flag for Scotland in a in a great way. Um, when you think about Bob McIntyre as being sort of the top Scottish golfer at the moment, Callum Hill is really uh, trying to step up and, and take the game forwards for them as well as one of the top players for that nation. And when you look at his um, experience on the European Tour so far, 
four top 10 finishes to date this season. Um, he was very close on a number of occasions to grabbing that first European Tour win. He's another player with, with not really any weaknesses in his game. He's 13 for strokes gained total this season and he gained strokes on the field in every in all five key measures um, for strokes gained data um, on the European Tour this season. So for somebody who is um, steady and consistent in all areas without really being an expert, you know, I say expert, they, they are experts, aren't they? But without being sort of streams ahead of everybody else in that sort of area, he's somebody at 55 to 1 who, again, shows a lot of value because although his lack of experience may be the thing that lets him down, that's something that's growing day by day. And if he continues to uh, improve, it's not going to be long before he wins on the European Tour. Yeah, good shout there, Barry. And and finally, we ask you every week to pit a long shot, a player deep into the market who might spring a surprise and, and get us a place or, or better, a really big price. Who is it this week? Yeah, so it's Jacques Kraisvek this week. Um, really good South African golfer. I'm, I'm absolutely gobsmacked, really, that you're getting a three-figure price on him. 140 to one is ludicrous, in my opinion, because when you look at his stats, um, he ranks third on tour for strokes game total this season, behind only Paul Casey and Tyrrell Hatton, which you know is in- incredibly strong company to be keeping. Uh, his tee to green play on a course which we know isn't going to play particularly difficult is going to be really important. And he ranks fourth for strokes gained tee to green and fourth strokes gained around the green um, this season so far. His recent form also makes him an interesting contender when you look at the fact that he's finished 19th most recently, but he's also had a 14th, a 17th and a 7th in his last five starts. He's somebody who, um, at 140 to 1, I'd be expecting to at least make the weekend and then push for those places, potentially even a win um, towards Sunday at an event which should suit him based on his his stats. Yeah, some thought-provoking selections there. Um, a trio from the European Tour and the PGA Tour. I mean, who would you say is your best bet of that lot? Um, if I had to nail you down to one pick, who are you putting your money on? Um, I think just because of the price and I think the value you're getting, I'm going to go with Jacques Kraisvek on the uh, on the European Tour. 140 to 1, in my opinion, is is over double too high for me in terms of prices. I'd have taken him even at short and 70s. So when I saw that come up, I was immediately on that. And that, you know, that may not be there for very long. So if you are interested, that may be um, a good tactic for you as well. And, you know, he's not, you know, the sort of player that you'd expect to be going and winning events every week, but he will win soon. And you've only got to be on him on the right time for you to have a, a good shot of getting some, some profit. Yeah. And here's where you uh, can really shop around and where it pays to shop around as well. Have a look at the markets between, you know, a quarter of five, maybe for each way terms and seven places at a fifth for each way terms as well, because although you're losing a bit, you know, if you're getting more places, um, at those kind of big prices, it you know it's a difficult decision that isn't it because you're obviously losing value between a quarter of the odds and the fifth of the odds, but you're getting more places for it. I mean, how would you suggest that punters look at that? Because it appears to me that you know Jack's at that sort of price is where this decision really comes into focus, doesn't it? Because you lose a little perhaps to win a bit more if you get one of those latter places. Yeah, as I mentioned, you know I'd have taken him. Uh, you know, half that price. So if I'm losing a little bit down to even if it's, you know, 100, 110 to one, whatever it is, but I'm getting a couple more places, that's an easy decision for me to take the places because I'm more likely to get some each way profit from that. I think you ban them into different sections and, you know, your players 
um, that you're expecting to win. Your players up to like 40 to one. Maybe you're looking at more for them, the price rather than the places. And then as you go through into the middle section, it's a bit of a, you know, a gut feeling, I suppose. And definitely anyone above 100 to one, um, you're looking at getting as many places as you possibly can and taking advantage of a three figure price. Yeah, good advice, Barry. Um, thanks very much again for your company. Best of luck with all your selections this week. You're in good form. Louis Oosthuizen clearly shows that. Unfortunately, not to get over the line, but obviously some good place money. The profits keep coming for you. Yeah, and you know we had it. We had a really good week because we got a, a shared place, obviously as well on um, Xander Schofield. Depending on which bookmaker you went with, it may have been a full place. So you know, yeah, a really good US Open. Some profit there to play with moving forwards, and uh, probably not too far away from another winner, hopefully. And if you want to look in more detail at all of Barry's selections, don't forget to read his weekly columns on the European Tour, the PGA Tour, and much more at our website, nationalclubgolfer.com. Thanks for joining me, Barry, again. Cheers, Steve. And thanks to you for listening as well. We'll see you next week for another edition of Dialed In.